Welcome back to another episode of 180 Degrees. You have me, your host here, Zoe George, and Amarain is with me at the moment, but not at the moment, if you know what I mean. We are so excited for this week's episode. It is going to be very interesting. We're talking about poetry, and we have the usual lineup set for you guys. We have an interesting, groovy movie. We have some nice, fun places you can go to in the What's Down in Cape Town. Our interview is about poetry, because you know here on 180 Degrees, we do indeed love the arts. We have a very interesting Bible quiz that is maybe something you may not have known that you knew. And then our happy health tip is something that's very close to my heart, because yes, of course, I am in love with what our happy Happy health tip is. Now, please do not be confused because you're only hearing my voice. Amarain is here with us tonight, but just not here with us tonight at the moment. But she will be joining us in the next segment. So please stick around so you can hear from her. That'll be amazing. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. What's down in Cape Town? Cape Town. Well, welcome back. And guess who's back with me in studio? Hey, hey, guys. Sorry to have missed the first couple of minutes of the show, but I am here now. Yes, and I was not lying. And I'm so glad that you're here with me. How was your weekend, Amarain? Uh My weekend was actually really good. Had a lot of work, but I rested as much as physically possible. That is also very good. It's always good to rest. How was your weekend? I missed out when you told <laughs> everyone. And I just like to know. Hmm. I don't really remember what I did this weekend. I've been working so much that my... It seems like the time around me has been flying. If you guys would like to tell us what you did this weekend, we would love to hear from you. Just WhatsApp us at 0817291657. And if you are out of some ideas of what you can do this weekend, we have a few for you lined up in the What's Down in Cape Town. Now, this week's theme is once again markets. Ooh, markets volume two. Indeed. But these markets, like literally none of them are in like what you would think of as Cape Town, but they are in the Western Cape. So the first one is the Lawrence Ford Market. It is found in Somerset West. This nifty market is interestingly arranged in the shape of a horseshoe. And it is completely undercover, meaning you can go there in the winter times, which we are currently approaching the winter time. So do not be discouraged by that. This has stalls that boast a variety of different interesting themes. And they sell a variety of different interesting foods like samosas, fudge, and various other pastries, sushis various ethnic foods like Tunisian cuisines and it only runs on the weekends unfortunately from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. on a Friday and then from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. Beware it is dog friendly and you can find it on the Lawrence Ford Wine Estate in Lawrence Ford Road in Somerset West. The next one is the Bluebird Garage Market. This market in Musenberg is beachside and colorful. They have a variety of food stores that sell things like kebabs, burgers, vegan foods, and other inedible things like amethyst jewelry, handmade soaps, and various other things. This one also allows dogs, however, they must be on a leash. Bear that in mind. Also, they only open one day a week, Thursdays, from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m., and you can find it on 39 Appertain Road in Musenberg. And then the last one, but certainly not the least, is in Hermanus. Now, the Hermanus Country Market is situated in Hermanus in the Hermanus Cricket Club. Count how many times I've said Hermanus. <laughs> it's a bit late to tell me to, to do it now. <laughs> it has an, ar- an array of stalls that sell various things like fresh produce, homemade pastries, desserts and handmade cheeses, smoked fish, as well as other quirky foods. 
it's as local as you can imagine. So if local is lacquer is your mantra, you would love this place. It is dog friendly, so you can bring Brutus anyone. And I don't even think they need to be on a leash, per se. Why is your <laughs> default name for a dog I just, Brutus? I just feel like a dog named Brutus. That's like a great name for a dog. Is that not like some Greek yeah. emperor or something? He stabbed in Julius Caesar. Etu oh, Brutus. That's yes. <laughs> why is that your default dog name? I just, I don't know. I feel like, well, he was probably one of the main traitors in Dante's Inferno, who was like at the bottom of hell. So I guess the name Brutus just really kind of stuck with Are dogs. You're not a dog person. <laughs> we are offending every dog owner Except, in the Western. But the cat owners probably love me right now. <laughs> This place is dog friendly, but it's only open on Saturdays. Unfortunately, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., it's found in the corner of Fairways Avenue in Jose Berman Drive in Hermanus. Now, apart from the dog hate, that sounded pretty interesting. Zoe on 180 degrees. So this week we'll be talking to Devil Jacobs, who is a poet and soon-to-be minister in the Urksa Fiechekoa Church. We'll be chatting about his poetry and the inspiration for it, as well as how it connects to his spiritual life. Devil, it's great having you in the studio. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Now, how, how has your week been going? <laughs> the week's only just beginning, so it's been all right. It's oh. been okay. And your weekend? The weekend was nice. Actually, Having a time to breathe, having a time to rest, um, mm. because being dragged into the life of a minister, it's mm. starting to preach here, preach there. So. Weekends become not your own anymore. Yes. Especially not Sundays. Oof. <sighs> Full day affairs. So, Diervold, um, when did you start writing poetry? So, um, <laughs> actually, it started sporadic. So way back in primary school, but when I started taking it seriously, it was only... Two years ago, three years ago. So then I actually started thinking, okay, I might have something here because I started posting um, short po- poems on my WhatsApp status and I saw, okay, some people are reposting it. So maybe I have something here. So, and being a, a guy, a guy's guy, it was always, no, no, guys don't write poetry. Mm. So eventually I had to break that stigma as well. And once I broke that, it was like, just started writing, started flowing, and that's when it all happened. Oh, amazing. It, it's honestly so interesting how, like, generally men think that way sometimes. But then when you think about a lot of the poets from the 18th Famous century, poets, famous yes. chefs, famous, yes. like, all these things that are classified as feminine. If someone's famous for it, you'll probably think of more examples of men than women. So true. So, guys, please don't ever let any gender roles hold you back from mm-hmm. pursuing something you genuinely have a passion for. Yes, that's really great that you were able to do that. I would like to ask, what is the inspiration behind your writing? I would say um, now and at first it was my family because I grew up in a family where I always heard the stories from my family. They grew up on a farm mm. outside of Paul and they always have had these great stories to tell and inspirational stories of life on the farm. Um, they would laugh the whole Sunday afternoon through. But then when I went to school and I heard poetry in school and I heard stories in school, I never heard the stories of my people. I never heard the stories mm. of my family. So I, I thought, here's something of here because I was at the Exmo Model C school. So mm. all I heard was um, Ingrid Jonker, Enbier mm. van Weikel, Andre Pierpring. The white Afrikaans <laughs> classics. 
great stories, but it wasn't for me. It was mm-hmm. always for Werner van der Merwe and Francois van der Merwe sitting <laughs> next to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's always one of those guys. <laughs> and they could relate. They could, they could enjoy it. But I was sitting there. Where's my people's stories? Yes. So when I started writing poetry, I thought, I want to bring my people's stories through. I want to share these stories. And once I said that, um, I actually saw how other people also said, but that resonates with me. I can yeah. relate with that because they have the same stories or maybe something different, but they also have seen how their stories haven't come through, like in literature, in poetry, in all the novels, or in especially in the genre of Afrikaans. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's always mostly um, white Afrikaner dominated. So I wanted to bring um, people of color stories through mm-hmm. so that they, because we don't know ourselves mm-hmm. as as colored people, we haven't heard, we heard the stories, but we mm-hmm. haven't seen it in formal settings. We haven't seen it being published. So it was important for me to break that as well, mm-hmm. to inspire the younger me sitting in the class, having to listen to only maybe white Afrikaner stories yeah. to say, okay, here's your story as well. Here's your people's story. That really is just so beautiful. I feel like now the society we're in has kind of woken up and said, like, we have not seen much representation of ourselves. So there's just so much representation now in media and books and just anything. And the fact that you are doing that and there are are, are the people who will be able to relate to you that just that really warms my heart because that representation is something that's very important to me. I also felt like when I was growing up, I didn't see much of it. And to see so much representation that my nieces get to see themselves in cartoon characters that they love, like that warms my heart. Maybe one day when my brother has kids, they can see themselves too. That's amazing. I would like to ask, however, when would you say that your poetry shifted from being about like your experiences to being like about religion or do they intertwine the two? I think it intertwines because once I started um, studying theology, yeah. It was like I needed something to uh, all these things that we studied, all these things that we learned. And there was a lot of stuff in first year. We were like, ooh, this is not what the children's Bible is saying. <laughs> the Sunday school teacher <laughs> never told me about this. Yes. And I thought there's this gap that exists mm. between what people perceive to be and what we are learned. And it's always the thing of don't Go study theology or just study it, just finish it, and then you can go back to your own faith. But um, theology actually enriched my faith. Um, Theology learned me such a lot of things. And I had had to grapple and wrestle with God, with my faith in this whole process. And I needed something to the hope that lived within me. I needed the source so that other people can also see it. And through my poetry, I started doing that. Through my poetry, I started articulating all these theological terms Mm. in simple terms so that other people can also feel feel what I feel because it has done so much for me. I I want to share it with everyone, but you don't always have the means. So through my poetry, I thought, okay, this could be my means. And then later on, I started being more critical. I started seeing... Yes, gender-based violence, mm-hmm. yes, alcoholism, yes, gangsterism. And my poetry also needs to be this resistance literature within our context where it's so needed for 
those voices that are silent, those voices that are suppressed, to speak out. And if my poetry can do that, then I, I want to do that as well. And that's such an important role to play in society. And I feel like we really need those, I'd like to say, cultural warriors just to go out there and to make that difference and to bring that diversity and to talk about the hard issues that people don't want to talk about. We've spoken to a couple of poets this year as well that really talk about the gender-based violence, but Mm. that's still an issue that's so ignored in society. So I'd personally like to say thank you that you're bringing Mm. attention to that and that you're prioritizing that in your poetry. Um, So you've been published a few times. Can you tell us a bit more about that? I was actually shocked um, the other day when I wrote my um, biography and I said, oh, Devil Jacobs is an Afrikaans published poet. (laughs) Who's this guy? (laughs) So the the first major thing I think was last year in lockdown. And lockdown was really a time you were in your house, especially level five. And through poetry, I could just release all that stress, release, um, feeling just scammed up. Um, and then the Afrikaans Tal Museum and Tal Monument, mm-hmm. um, they had a competition of quarantine stories. Um, and if you, if you took part in the competition, if you could be one of the winners, they would exhibit your poem or your story at the Groen Gallery at the Afrikaans Tal Museum, um, Tal Monument in Paul. So I wrote Die Virus Kroon, um, and I was fortunate enough to be one of the winners. Um, so it was really amazing. But I couldn't go see the, the exhibit because we were still having exams. <laughs> and oh, we no. still had, we I still had research projects that I had to go in. Oh my so gosh. only at the end of the year in December, I think, um, my girlfriend and I actually went and we could take some photos. And it was nice to see your work. And when I thought back of it, like, there was a time when I didn't have the confidence to share my poetry with mm. people. And now to see it being exhibited um, at the Tal Monument, just above where my grandparents grew up mm. on the farm. So it was actually a great moment. And then this year, um, I took part in UKZN, so University of KwaZulu Natal. They actually have a Center for Creative Arts and on Human Rights Day. They said, okay, Human Rights Day and World Poetry Day is on the same day. So Mm -hmm. we would like to call for submissions for poems regarding human rights. And then I thought, this is right up my alley, so I'm going to write something. So I wrote about Yudi Samilani. She was a LGBTQIA plus um, activist and also a Banyana Banyana football player. Mm. But she was brutally killed and... um, what do they call it? Rape? She was raped as well. Oh, the um, co- corrective rape. Corrective rape. So oh. by 27 or 27 times, she was also um, stabbed. stabbed with a knife. Oh, I remember that story. So I tried to write this, the story of her, but also to bring it in how within our constitution of South Africa, we affirm um, gay people, we affirm LGBTQI play. I plus people, but there's still the gap that exists between what the constitution says and what mm-hmm. the culture is within our communities, what the religion say within our communities, what is preached from pulpits. So I wanted to show how we must first 
change ourselves because even though the constitution might affirm them, even though we might be one of the first countries in the world in Africa to say same-sex same, same sex, um, marriages are possible within our country, the reality is that people are still suffering within their communities. The mm-hmm. reality is still that gay people can can still, when they go out into the streets, they can still be murdered. They are still vulnerable to character rape, and it's still happening up until this day. Even for and for somebody like Yudi that was known in this country, that was famous for people to have still done that, and afterwards one of the People that was accused, he actually said he was not sorry. So I thought that says something about the bigger culture within our communities. Mm-hmm. So I needed to address it, and fortunate enough, the poem um, won. I was one of the winners. Oh, congratulations for that as well. Thank you so much. Congratulations. That really, I did not know her story at all, but I am familiar with the activity of corrective rape and in the in South African societies, or even I'm pretty sure it's not limited to South African society. But yeah, as as Devil yeah. said, it is very prevalent. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, thank you very much for addressing that as well. So, what would you like to do with your poems? What would you like your reach to be? I think I, firstly, I would I <laughs> wanted to reach my mom. Aww. Because at first when she heard I wrote poetry, she was like, is there something wrong with you? What? Are you having trouble? <laughs> that story went in a what? different direction. <laughs> I was ready for the warm mother's love, right. the constant no. support. <laughs> Just express it. Let her know. Put it in writing. Like, what? So now, <laughs> once I reach my mom and I reach my dad and my family and my loved ones, my friends, um, that was the first reach. But now I, I want to reach our people. And I also want to reach not a specific age group, but because I think poetry transcends age as mm. well. Um, but also because I'm in theology, I think I have the spe- my specific writing would relate to church people as well um, to see the bigger picture because sometimes church people are also stuck in the church building mm. and you have this... Um, we... We stand in the church, but outside of our context, we don't want to open our eyes to what is happening around us. So I think my poetry can also help to see that we have an obligation um, as children of God to speak out against injustices, to speak out against what is happening within our context. And what is great is that at a few sermons I've heard my poetry being read so that was great because that means preachers are taking it in, people are taking it in, and there's something of it that makes their heart warm. So I'm, yeah. That really, see, they they read your poetry. I, I would like to ask if, you, would you be able to read us one of your poems? I would like. <laughs> okay, so this poem, this poem I wrote, just after everything happened with Uneni at UCT, mm-hmm. um, Leandri Zagels. Um, so this is the poem I wrote. And it also, at that time, I felt the guilt of just being a man. 
because it was men are terrorists and men were saying not not all of us are terrorists, mm-hmm. but lots of arguments during that time. But simply so be- because I am a man, I needed to deal with my whole embodiment is a danger in this country. My whole embodiment is a threat because I have this privilege of just being a man. So I wrote this. It's in Afrikaans. A man. Haar ijskouwe lichaam lee op die postkantoorvloer in haar eie kamer op haar bed langs die dwaalspore van die Bolandse berge achter die sandduine van Kajelitsa op die trappe evers van die Kaapse vlakte en die wijnkelder op die palaas op die mopgat in een zwart zak en in die man van God sy studeerkamer Ek ken haar nie, toch is haar story bekend. Haar stem weer galm in my oor, haar lichaam verskyn voor my oor, haar bloed op my hande, want ook ek is a man. Wow. A bit of shell shockness in the studio today, guys. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose we should have given a bit of a trigger warning in the beginning of the show. We'll add it to the podcast link afterwards. Indeed. But that was, not that there was anything wrong with that. That was extremely powerful. I'm. It's important to have these emotional no. topics portrayed throughout poetry. Very true. Because, especially, as you said, you want your poetry to help people and to reach people. So it is important to talk about these stuff, as well as to open people's minds up to other issues. Yeah. Like, it's fine for us. To, well, it's actually not fine us to pretend like everything is okay especially when we live in a society where there's so much violence against women we have to admit that the fire is in the house Mm. yeah we can't ignore it for much longer wow you guys such a somber attitude i'm so sad same but we need to feel this because in feeling this change comes from it you know and we don't know who's listening Mm. someone listening will definitely most people listening will definitely be touched by that. I can guarantee you with that. Oh, dear Walt, thank you so much for thank reading you. that poem. I have chills. Would you like to um, leave any of your social media for anyone to contact you by? Um, on Facebook, you can follow me on Dachter van Israel and Instagram at diewaltzai13. Thank you very much for joining us, and thank you very much for reading your poetry. So I do follow Diervold on Instagram, and he does post, at least on his stories, pictures of his poetry. So if you guys want to hear any more of his poetry, please go check him out there. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we are looking forward to when Diervold pu- publishes his own Dichbundel. I don't know what that is in English. <laughs> anthology, I think. Anthology of poetry. <laughs> I don't even know what anthology means, <laughs> and I am English. Wow. But thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was our pleasure. Let's head on into the Mystery Bible quiz quickly. 180 degrees on I Am Youth Movement. 180 degrees on Radio Cape Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Mystery Bible Quiz. All right.
right, guys, it is time for the mystery Bible quiz. So the Bible quiz question for this week is which five books are found in the Pentateuch? You guys, I mean, you guys can find that answer in the Bible, but I'm unsure if you guys would know. Pentateuch means five. So it's not much of a hint since I already told you which five books. But yeah, good luck, guys. Just page around in your Bible and see which five books do you think it form a nice unit. Um, so you guys can uh, SMS those answers to us at 37988 or WhatsApp it to 081-729-1657. And remember, today's show is going up as a podcast. Yes, you guys can check us out on our um, link. It's at radiokpulpit.com, I believe. You dot co dot Yes, because we're local. Local is lacquer. Local and, is lacquer. And if you want to listen to our very powerful but trigger warning, it, but you will enjoy it. It's very powerful. It's unlike many interviews we've done in a while, but like it was very invigorating. I mm. enjoyed it. You guys can find it on our Facebook page. We went live on Facebook. So if you want to look at the interview, just Go there. It's Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook today. I am radio. All right. So right before the break, we had the mystery Bible quiz. So uh, let me not keep you guys waiting. So the question was, which five books are found in the Pentateuch? So the answer is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numeri, and Deuteronomium. The first five books. You know, I'm not gonna lie. When I when you show when you told me what the Bible quiz question would be, when I heard Pentateuch, I honestly my mind went to the Gospels. I don't know why because it's I think you they're only in your four. New Testament. <laughs> I can't with me. I don't know why I thought that. But that's that's the thing. Like I always have trouble setting up the Bible quiz question because I'm a master student in theology and mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, what would I like to ask? And then it's always. <laughs> Way too high level, cause like Pentateuch, it's, it's a complicated word. Yeah. I mean, Penta is in there, so there's five, but yeah. it gives you no other hints to what it means. Like, I remember when we got taught that in class, I was confused. Mm. I was confused just hearing about it. So please let me know if I'm asking too difficult questions. No, I think you're doing quite a good job. The, the um, listeners are responding well. I am serving an educational purpose. Indeed. And let's head on over to the happy health tip. Health tips. How to be happy in your health. It's not just about being healthy, it's about being happy. Should be quite interesting. Chocolates are the true source of happiness. All right, now it is time for our health tip. So the health tip for this week is drinking coffee. Ooh, so I don't know, I, <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but my go-to beverage in the morning is coffee. I always make myself a cup to take along to class. I think the devils will remember I show up with my little <laughs> steel mug every single day. So I read this past week that coffee first thing in the morning isn't actually the best idea for you. There are a multitude of reasons for this. The first is dehydration. So you've been breathing, obviously, in your sleeve this whole time, and vape has been escaping throughout your mouth. So you're actually a bit dehydrated when you wake up. So experts suggest that you rather drink a glass of water to get yourself started with. But I'm just like, I a glass of water with your breakfast. Mm. But when you wake up, though, and you're thirsty and you take that drink of water, like, it hits just different. So, so the second reason is related to cortisol levels. Cortisol plays an important role in our hormonal cycle or our circadian clock. When it is released in our bodies, we feel more awake and the levels are highest when we first wake up. 
So the reason that this is bad is caffeine interferes with the production of cortisol. So drinking it too early messes with the production of it, which can lead to a midday slump, which is something I experience almost every day. I wonder why. Hmm. So the caffeine is also less effective during that time of the morning because your body has the more cortisol. And you build up a tolerance to caffeine, which means that you'll need more in the future for the same, the same energy-giving effects. Ugh, so, <laughs> the article I, su- I read suggested to drink coffee around 10 a.m., noon, 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. to get the maximum benefits. Another option is waiting at least an hour after you've woken up, which I started practicing today. Like, I'm going to try and bring this into my routine. Um, and there's also a couple of interesting videos by ASAP Science on YouTube about coffee and the effects of caffeine on your bodies. So I suggest you guys go check that out. Go get educated on what you're eating and drinking. That is really interesting. Like, you can still have your morning cup of Joe's. The yes. Ameri- that I said it very Englishly <laughs> to, like, then talk about the Americans. I apologize. The vibes were mixed. Um, you can still have your morning coffee every single day. Just give it a pause. Get you one of those little thermal mugs, take it along, wait an hour, and then enjoy it. Yeah. I used to actually drink coffee very the very first thing in the morning when I started drinking coffee. But um, someone told me, I don't remember who it was, I think it was Inga on some, some time ago, that water was very important in the morning. So I do that. And you know what? I, I, honestly, I don't know if I'm just not taking care of my body. <laughs> But we, I we should have a chat about <laughs> nutrition. I should. I really try to look at every happy health tip and like implement it. I'm drinking so much more water now, and I'm also going to start drinking coffee at those times, except at 5 p.m. because See, I won't sleep. My thing is, is I, I I'm doing the one hour after you've woken up thing. Yeah. I wake up at like 7:37 ish, wow. and then class starts at nine. So like a bit before nine, like I'm sitting in class, I'm ready for it to start, and then I start drinking my coffee. Yes. Waiting till 10, like my, I, it's expensive <laughs> to buy coffee every day. So if I'm bringing it in, it needs to be warm. So I'm trying to find a balance in between all the things. I hear you there, girl. I honestly do. I, I'm fortunate that I don't have like in person or, well, I do have online classes. So I can kind of control that. Mm. But I hope you find that balance. The jealousy hope- in the studio is tangible. <laughs> Tweet us at I am Y Movement. Yeah, now we're at the bottom of the hour. <gasps> Again, Let's once more. <laughs> Who would have seen it coming? A two brooches. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this was really a very fun, exciting show. I genuinely cannot believe that the time is passed by. The interview was especially very gripping. Like, I'm still thinking about that. I think I'll be thinking about it for the next few days. Same. It's something that's very... It's very real and it's very raw and it goes on every single day. Mm, it's so true. What, I remember when I was in primary school and these issues were first posed to us. Don't worry, it was like grade seven, not like grade one or something. And they were telling us about how South Africa is actually the rape capital of the world. And mm. I think something crazy, like every 45 seconds or every minute, a woman gets raped and they actually made us like count and wait and say, okay, That's yes. so traumatic for mm. a grade seven, like important. But I'm just thinking of little grade seven Amy sitting there being like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Mm. You don't even really like, I guess, mentally grasp what it even means until you're a little bit older. So it's like they're telling you this information and you're like, okay, but you don't know. And now that we're so much older and I have a newfound appreciation for this and just anger or Rather anger, that not anger, appreciate. That anger <laughs> jumped out though. No, because it's it's it sits here like constantly. Mm, just this warm, mushy ball of anger in your chest constantly that you can't do anything about. Hmm. 
At least it feels like that. Yes. But we try to educate and bring people and let them know how they contribute to this in even a little way so that we can all come together and fight the demon that is gender-based violence, femicides, violence against women, domestic abuse of any sort. It just rears its ugly head in many ways. Like Zoe's anger, we as it said when we talk about this, which is very valid, guys. Like I too get very upset about this. Uh, SMS us on how you guys deal with these feelings of anger. Like SMS us mm-hmm. at um, three seven nine eight eight or WhatsApp us at oh eight one seven two nine one six five seven. What do you guys do when you get so angry about this? Like how do you deal with those pent up emotions? Mm. If you even deal with them at all, let's hope you are. <laughs> Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, remember, today's episode is going up on the podcast. It should be up in two days. Um, so you can find that at www.kpulpit.co.za. You can also find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Yes. I'll... We've, we've read out the WhatsApp and the SMS line a few times. Yeah, you can. Our Instagram is I am Y movement because we are part of the I am youth movement. But you can also find this Facebook live interview on our Facebook page, 79 at Radio K Pulpit, as well as the Afrikaans alternative, Cops of Council. It's also there. So check us out. We'd love to connect with you guys. And we'd also love for you guys to come back to this interview. It really was a very special one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we have to say goodbye, unfortunately. So this has been 180 Degrees. Signing Signing out. out. Tweet us at I Am Y Movement.